Good morning, Bucks fans. How's everyone doing? Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. This is our final one of this week. We will be back next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But for now, these are the, the final questions for a little bit in terms of this week. So make sure you head on over if you're not already watching there onto our Facebook page. You can leave your thoughts, comments, questions, all of that in the comment section underneath the live video. And as we give people a chance to start submitting some of those questions, I know a lot of them will be about injury updates, which is uh, sort of the, the big stories leading up to the Super Bowl, of course. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about why the injury reports uh, are a little weird. And today is definitely a day we need to remind everybody of that. So tell us what we know about what the injury report means and what the one that we have as of now says. Yeah, I'll just repeat the exp explanation from yesterday because it is, in case you weren't watching, uh, it is a weird procedure, really. You Basically, the two teams are producing injury reports this week as if there was a game this Sunday, January 31st, even though there isn't one. And the next time these two teams are going to play is February 7th. So you go through the motions of acting as if there was a game on Sunday and you you give the designations on the injury report that you would normally give, which means tomorrow when the injury report comes out, there will be game status designations like out and doubtful and questionable. And like I said yesterday, I hope fans realize this because I don't want anybody to panic if like say, and I'm just pulling out an example, this is not something I know, Jordan Whitehead is listed as out because if there was a game on Sunday, he wouldn't have been able to play. So just keep that in mind, take all this with a grain of salt realize that if you've got an injured player who you think you can get back within two weeks, you're probably taking it easy on him right now. So yesterday's injury report was the exact same as the day before, which isn't surprising because the injury report on Wednesday was just an estimation because there was no actual practice. So uh, the same five guys, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Antonio Brown, and JPP, they all didn't practice yesterday. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, it is so so good to remind everybody, no panic necessary. It is, it is not a reason to freak out. Um, we did have a question from Scott asking, do you think Levante David and Antoine Winfield will be healthy, healthy for the Super Bowl? Um, it is still very early, I know, but just overall, uh, what are some of the injuries that are, you are either more or less concerned about at this point? Well, I'm not really overly concerned about any of them but like I said last week I, I really really don't like speculating about injuries and when a guy's going to come back partially because I don't think I have a good track record on it but um, I mean I, I just go with the evidence that I have that being they took Antoine Winfield with them to Green Bay they actually worked him out on the field before the game I think they were thinking it was more likely than not that he would play but it was just decided that he couldn't move around well enough uh, so they they didn't you know, make him active for that game. But if he was that close, you certainly would think that two weeks later, he'd be ready to go barring any kind of setback. Um, who was the other one? Levante. Levante is the more unusual of the, of them in that we didn't know he had an injury until Wednesday's injury report. And his is a hamstring. And if there's any injury that I don't feel comfortable about predicting, it's a hamstring because those are very unpredictable. But my, my guess, I guess I would, is the way I would put it is that they're just taking it very carefully with Levante and that when it's all said and done, he'll be playing in the Super Bowl. And we certainly all want that because that man has waited a long time for this moment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a huge point. I, I really am hoping that of all people, you do not want to miss both from an impact on the field and from just a personal standpoint, it would be right. him. Um, yeah. And speaking of just the injury reports in practice, um, we had some interesting, you know, comments and news from coach yesterday about how practices are going to go. We've seen some different yeah. questions of, 
you know, are they practicing harder or less mm -hmm. hard? Or how does that work when you do have two weeks leading mm -hmm. up to the Super Bowl and it is at the end of the season? Yeah, and I did find it a little bit interesting um, what the approach is going to be. I think we maybe were asked about this yesterday, and I thought that they might take it a little bit easy, and they certainly did on Thursday. But that's that's less of a Super Bowl thing and more of a late-in-the-season thing. Most of the weeks leading up to the end of the season and the beginning of the playoffs, they were doing a walkthrough on Wednesday just because it's been a long, grueling season, and these guys don't need to be worked too hard. However, Coach said they were going to ramp it up and go full speed today and tomorrow. Um, which, so today's Friday. Am I, am I yes. remembering that correctly? Yeah. Uh, Friday and Saturday's practices are the equivalent of what would usually be Thursday and Friday because they push the schedule by one day. And he said they are going to go full speed in those practices. And the reason is they want to get all of the game plan installed this week. And they want to do that, Coach says, because next week there are so many media obligations that he's just a little bit worried about the time and, and all the, you know, being attention and being torn in a bunch of different directions so they want to have the game plan installed this week and they're going to go full speed and i can tell you when you go to practice now and you drive up uh, towards the indoor facility and then walk out on the practice field the parking lot there is now a sea of tents and those tents are like various networks and so on that are going to be getting um, interviews with players over the next I don't know, however many days that, you know, there's going to be a lot of obligations. Guys are going to be going from one to the next. So, you know, they would be doing that anyway in a Super Bowl city next week. Uh, so it's, it's what you have to do for a Super Bowl, but it is kind of remarkable to see all the obligations they have to do. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, we had a question from Richard. He said the scores in the playoffs have been remarkably similar. Yeah. If we score 30 points again, it will be enough to win the game. You know, not only are they similar, 31, 30, and 30, 31, 30, and 31 we scored. Um, we scored 30.8 points per game during the regular season. So to basically match that is kind of kind of interesting, I think. And uh, I, just a little note, if I haven't mentioned it before, that's the first time that a team has ever scored 30-plus points in three straight playoff games, which I found surprising when I looked it up, but it's true. Uh, do we? Do I think we need to score 30 to win? It makes sense. I mean, Kansas City scored about 29.6 points per game, and they have a quarterback who proved last year that even if they're down by two scores, he can lead them back. So I think, yeah, I think 30 points is probably what it's going to take, if not a little bit more. Right, yeah. It would make for a pretty exciting Super Bowl, you have to admit. Yeah, I think that is a really good point. And I, I loved that, you know, I heard um, Romo did his media availability yesterday, and, you know, he and Jim Nance are the ones calling the games, and Romo talked about how this is a game that he feels like people will be talking to their kids and grandkids about, <laughs> and it's that kind of an iconic quarterback matchup and offenses that, you know, this is not going to be a boring Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to put it. Yeah. The quarterback matchup is incredible. Maybe the most intriguing one in Super Bowl history. And that sounds like hyperbole, but it's definitely up there. Um, you know, either, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the first quarterback ever to win two Super Bowls by the age of 25. Uh, right now, the earliest was Tom Brady by the age of 26. Or Tom Brady's going to become the first player in any of the four major North American sports to win two titles, to win titles with two different teams after the age of 40. And both of those would be remarkable achievements. And one of them is definitely going to happen. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and we know that in the media as well, what was talked about yesterday uh, was this idea of when the turning point was for the Bucks. That's something that Brady's been asked about a lot. All, all sorts of people on the team have been asked, when was the point that you felt like everything started to click? And it's been sort of interesting to hear the, the different answers 
uh, that, that you've heard from people recently. What, what have you learned about that and what it says about why this team is where it is now? Yeah, before everybody started talking about this, um, I would have obviously pointed to the bye week and coming out of the bye week because every, they've won every game since then. And, and a lot of things like the deep passing game have been so much better since then. But uh, I have, um, it's, it's interesting to note that um, hearing Bruce Arians and Jason Light in particular talk about it, they really feel like the Chicago game was, if not the turning point, a turning point. And if, for anybody who needs a reminder, that was week five, first primetime game uh, at Chicago. Um, and the Bucks lost 20 to 19. And I think they committed something like 11 penalties for 109 yards, um, you know, had some turnovers, just hurt themselves, you know, you know, was it 2019? It was very close. I think it was 2019. In an extremely close game, they hurt themselves a lot and, and left that one feeling like they should have won it. And there's a lot of people who want to attribute that turn to Tom Brady being seen on the sidelines, sort of being very um, demonstrative and, and just one of those moments that you could see of the leadership that all his teams, teammates talk about. But Bruce Arian says it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with them coming back and looking at the film and realizing that they let one get away because they beat themselves. And ever since then, the Bucks have beat themselves a lot less, a lot fewer turnovers, a lot fewer penalties. And so that was a turning point, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and Dave asked, is Mike Evans going to be the main target in the game? Well, you can never... You can never really predict that in the Bucks' offense. I mean, seriously, I guess Chris Godwin was the main target in the last game, right? The only thing I would, I would say is I don't think Kansas City necessarily has a guy that they will use as a shutdown corner like um, New Orleans does with Mike on Marsh with Marshawn Lattimore, and which Green Bay did a little bit with Jair Alexander when he was on that side. Um, they keep Kansas City tends to keep their cornerbacks on the same side. And their cornerbacks are good. Obviously, they're in the Super Bowl, but maybe not at the Jair Alexander level. So it might be a little bit less of Mike getting shut down um, because the other team is determined to shut him down this week. So it could be, sure. Uh, Richard asked, who do you think would win the 2002 Bucks or the 2020 Bucks? Well, you know, I'm going to have to go with the 02 Bucks just because the Buccaneers probably are a more balanced team this this year with uh, a you know one of the best offenses in the league probably the best offense we've ever had and a good defense but that defense uh in 2002 was legendary it was loaded with hall of famers or perhaps soon to be hall of famers and it's of the four sides offense defense in those two games that one defense is so far ahead and above shoulders everything else that I have to go with that one just because it was so special but mm -hmm. I'd love to be proven wrong it'd be wonderful if you could if you could actually have that game it'd be awesome yeah that would be incredible um Jose asked if the Bucks uh win the Super Bowl who would be the MVP do you think of the season because you don't know who's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl well I think he's probably asking about the game but it, you can okay. do both if you want well Okay, so what we know about MVPs in the Super Bowl is if the quarterback, if you win and the quarterback has at least a pretty good game, he's almost always going to be the MVP. Tom Brady already has four of them in the six times that they won. If the quarterback is unremarkable, usually it goes to whoever was the best offensive player. Um, so it could be somebody like Mike Evans or Leonard Fournette. If it's not either of those guys um, and it's defense, it has to be something incredible like Dexter Jackson's two game-changing interceptions won him that one in a game where it was hard to pick out who was the best offensive player. So if the, if the kind of offense is kind of evened out and everybody contributes, maybe a defensive player could step in there, but the obvious answer is Brady. And I, I would also go with Tom Brady as the MVP of the regular season. 
Right. Uh, and David asked, uh, the, he said the Chiefs have a bottom 10 run defense. Uh, we were effective running on Green Bay, but seemed to abandon it a little bit more in the second half. Do you guys see us sticking to the run this game? I don't know if we really abandoned it. We just had three drives that ended early because of interceptions. Um, I, you know, I don't think we really, and there was some runs, Ronald Jones had a, a series of runs that weren't particularly effective, not necessarily his fault. Maybe the blocking wasn't there, but I don't think we abandoned the run in that game. Uh, but I do think we tend to, if we're going to start running the ball early, like we did in that game, it's one of the reasons is to set up the pass. And so um, I agree with him. The chiefs have a bottom 10 running game and the Buccaneers running attack has been averaging 115 yards per game in the playoffs. And the chiefs are allowing six yards per carry in the playoffs, which is pretty bad. So you certainly look at that and think that's an opportunity for the bucks. And I would, I, I would see us starting with that at the very least, but as I've said, every time we talk about the running game, the Buccaneers have such a wealth of talent in the passing game that it's, it's kind of ridiculous to think they're going to go to any game thinking they're not going to, you know, air it out. They are. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and then we'll close with this one. We had a few different people asking about just the way to uh, slow down Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, that what are, what are the adjustments you think that they make from that first game? Who do you think will be covering him in, you know, man versus zone, how all that's going to look? Yeah, that obviously wasn't the game that looked the best for Carlton Davis in what was a very good season for Carlton Davis. I still think he's the man um, to cover Tyreek as much as possible. Uh, but maybe there is a little more help this time. Uh, you know, and I, again, as we talk about this all the time, Todd Bowles is going to mix things up. I don't think he's going to play all press. I don't think he's going to play all off. Um, I don't think he's going to play all man or zone. I, I think he'll mix it up and try to confuse the quarterback and make him think it's one thing when it's actually the other thing. Um, but I do think Carlton Davis on Tyreek Hill will be an incredibly important matchup in this game. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks for joining us. We will be back here next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get you guys ready for everything you need to know going into the Super Bowl. We'll see you then.